All right. Well, welcome to our. Okay. <laughs> All right. We we'd like to apologize. Welcome to Our Wives Hate This NFL Podcast with David and Daniel. All right, we'd like to apologize for that start. Our vast podcasting experience uh, got the better of <laughs> had a glitch there, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we're finally ready to discuss the NFL. And uh, I'm here with my friend David. How you doing, David? I'm good, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. I had a great weekend watching the NFL games, so I'm ready to dive into it. And uh, maybe before we get started, we should tell the listeners a little bit about what <laughs> <laughs> so, our credentials. Yeah, that's All right. right. I'll start. Our experience, vast <laughs> yeah. credentials. I'll start. Yeah, I'm a I'm an acclaimed uh, former ex NFL journalist, uh, award winning um, journalist covered <laughs> the Vols, uh, won many awards. Uh, one award I won was most likely to be corrected by a professor at UT for uh, not doing something right in an article, and that includes putting a cuss word in an article. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, well, hang on, hang that's, on. That's a true story. That's a true story. <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> hang on. Give us, give us just a brief rundown of what happened. Okay. I uh, wrote an article for a U- University of Tennessee digital media platform called TNJN. I don't know if they still exist. But uh, in one of my articles, I just dropped the F-bomb in it, just in the middle. It was like a thousand-word article. I thought no one would notice, um, but it was noticed immediately. (laughs) I was sent an email by a professor, and she was like, hey, you can't include that in an article. This is a legitimate publication, which I don't think it was. But uh, (laughs) And uh, and then I also got... um, blocked on social media by a lot of the media people for the sports teams lady <laughs> lady balls <laughs> media guy sid they're called he blocked me on twitter the football guy blocked me on twitter and also banned me from spring practice <laughs> <laughs> so clearly my credentials are extremely high i mean yeah absolutely <laughs> if you get banned from a college game completely different than the nfl right so you can still get all the nfl practices that's right that's that's, that, that's where our expertise comes in especially <laughs> really big expertise. no no college on this podcast all Not nfl all. baby <laughs> nflpod.com that's the website what's your background you have an extensive yes experience background so my background is this i have written articles on fantasy football for several years for the daily beacon which is ut's student paper real quick he said heading into this year <laughs> Kyle Pitts was the Cooper Cup of 2022. Listen. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so we all make mistakes. <laughs> but you know what? I'm still all in on Kyle Pitts in 2025. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say And that. he said Tennessee is going 7-5 and five instead of 11-5. Hey, college. Means, we stay off the college. college. No college. No college. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but yes, I'm a big fan of fantasy football. I would like to thank my... He wrote Sean Siegel for his zero RB strategy, which is my, it's basically my religion at this point. (laughs) And then, uh, I'm also a big fan of analyzing Vegas betting trends and analytics. My major is actually business analytics. So I bring those analytics, although I usually don't listen to them. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I bring that I bring that to the NFL. So I think all the listeners out there are really going to appreciate that inside and expertise. They, they know that we're two trusted sources, like when it comes to the NFL. They, Absolutely, it's, it's clear. It's so clear. I mean, how can yeah? You'll you'll see you'll see <laughs> when our predictions for this weekend come true. Our analysis will be so deep that you won't even look anywhere else. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We will be your two best friends. Also, we should probably say the name of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Uh, what's our podcast called, Daniel? So our podcast is called Our Wives Hate This Football Podcast. That's right. Our wives do. Well, I'm married. Daniel's about to be married. I'm about to be married. So my fiance just implored me not to call it that. She implored me not to start this podcast. She implored me not to hang out with David more because I've already been watching too many football games recently, apparently. Yeah, it's a ridiculous uh, accusation. Terrible, terrible. But I I assured her that it would be for the best. And here we are. Well, I just quit my job today, so there we uh, go. this is my full-time gift. Let's go. So, listeners, we depend on you very much yeah. right now. Um. To all the thousands of listeners uh, millions, out there. Millions yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we're just going to get into it with we're going to recap what happened this weekend in the NFL, and then we'll preview what's happening next this coming weekend with the championship games. So, but first, let's get into the divisional round. We had some great matchups yeah. this weekend, and uh, what are your first takeaways, David, from the divisional round? Um, I guess we can start in order of the games from first to the last. Um, I guess overall, um, coaches still don't know how to do fourth down at all. Uh, I think there's three examples, pretty glaring, of coaches just being absolutely wimpy on fourth down. And I know you and I, when we watch games and we see coaches not go for a fourth down, you immediately go to the fourth down bot on Twitter. That's right. Fourth down conversion bot is like my bread and butter. Great Twitter account. And I just go off of my my feelings on how I, I believe they should do it. And uh, yeah, coaches still don't get fourth down fully. It's it's maddening. I think the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bills all were pretty egregious in some areas. Um, so we can talk about those specific examples if we want to. But I think the the better teams all won the games, and we have a, an exciting conference championship matchup. So that's my general just feeling about the divisional weekend. I think the the right teams won the games. Yeah, I would agree, and I would also add that the. 49ers, despite their win, they were almost in the same category, making some yeah. some questionable calls, not in terms of their schemes, which were clearly superior, yeah. but in terms of their some of their decisions they made with clock management is, continues to be a problem for Shanahan and that staff. That's his fatal flaw. He's so good at everything else. He can turn any quarterback into a competent quarterback. He's good at evaluating talent. He builds a great offense. He builds a great staff. I mean, exceptional coach, top five in the NFL, and he cannot manage time. It, it's amazing that he still like. Was it near the end of the first half when this was happening? They still got a field goal, but he wasted like twenty seconds. Um, and you know, instead of being aggressive and going for a touchdown, he decided to just settle for a field goal, which they eventually got. So um, it wasn't all bad, but yeah, it still kind of plays in. Yeah, um, and that's the kind of thing when you're going up against a powerhouse from this season like the Eagles mm-hmm. in the coming week, yeah. which we'll get to, yeah. it can be that can be something that's going to decide the game, especially when you see the Eagles making good decisions against the Giants yes, throughout the exactly. game. Just exceptional, even yeah. though they might not have the best, have a scheme that is the exact same level strategically as the Shanahan offense, they yeah. are bringing in that 
clock management that I haven't – I mean, they made no flaws against the Giants. It seemed to be a fantastic game plan. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles are the only team that of the, of the four remaining and of the eight this weekend where I know for a fact they're just going to go for it. They're not going to settle for things. They're going to go for fourth and short. They're going to try to score touchdowns. They're going to be aggressive, uh, kind of in capturing the attitude of that city. Um, <laughs> I like so, that. Well, it's, it's it's true though, and I mean, obviously the Giants were outmatched in that game, right? Like they Giants, great season for them, great win against Minnesota. Daniel Jones, you know, awesome season for him. But going to the game now, I want to call you out on this. You switched. <laughs> you said the Eagles were going to win, and then the Eagles were your preseason Super Bowl pick. They were, and then when we when we won't we, talk about the other one, <laughs> the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just lost all credibility. <laughs> you did. But no, here's what you did. When the playoffs, the teams were settled, you sent all your picks to me, and you had I did. the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And then right before the game, you switched it to the Giants winning uh, for... Uh, I'm just going to move your mic around like that. All right, is it good now? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> great, great. Um, you switched it to the Giants for reason, like the coaching was the big thing. Um, but there's such a talent gap between these two teams, especially when you look at the Eagles' offensive line, defensive line, even skill position. Uh, it was just overwhelming for the Giants. They got pretty exposed. They were outmatched against the Eagles in the regular season, um, and it just showed itself again. Uh, again, line of scrimmage, Eagles just killed them. Uh, ran all over them. Hurts had all the time he, he had to throw. He didn't have to throw a lot. Uh, so he, he was he was decent, not amazing. Um but they can win a game with their line play alone, kind of like what they did in 2017 um, when uh, Wentz got hurt. They're, both of their lines dominated. So, yeah. Yeah, and going back to that Eagles-Giants game, I was excited about the Giants' chances in that game, mainly because I've, of what we've seen, not just in the Vikings game, but in the latter second half of the season from their coaching staff. I mean, what Brian Dable's done mm-hmm. and what Kafka's done as the offensive coordinator I think has been remarkable. And so I was – I was super excited to see them get a chance to go up against the one of the best defenses in the NFL and show everything on this on the, in the divisional round, and that's not exactly what happened. I mean, it was it was a bloodbath, but yeah, total bloodbath. But you know, I did get excited about what they would do with Daniel Jones. I was excited about the slants they would be able to run. But I think what what the main what my biggest takeaway is is when your top receivers are Richie James exactly. and Isaiah Hodgins. And Kenny Galladay, who might have just turned 40. I think we'll have to check that one. But uh, when those are your top weapons, you're in a terrible spot. And so your your best player cannot be a running back. I mean, that I Correct. I just need to, we need to be honest about that in today's best offensive NFL. player. Yeah, yeah. So well, he, and he wasn't bad. He had, but he only no. had nine carries. So that's the right. thing. They, they, yeah, they only didn't have three a lot of targets. Plays. Time I mean, of possession, they got dom- They got killed in. Yeah. Eagles possessed the ball. Yes, it controlled the game from the start. Like after that first drive, I was confident the game would be a blowout after just the way the Eagles easily went down on on that first drive. Yep. So that was what happened in the NFC. Let's get over to the AFC where you have the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. That was a game that I had almost kind of penciled that in as a potential close game or upset uh, before the playoffs began. I was really excited about the Jaguars' chances in that game, but. Mm That game was very tragic when that injury happened. What were you thinking, David, about that? Uh, depression, uh, <laughs> misery. I stared out my window for a little bit. Uh, I, I want to start with the first drive when Mahomes was healthy. 
uh, he was sensational that first drive. Um, did you you didn't get a chance to see it, right? Yeah, because you went to Winter Jam. <laughs> oh my gosh, you went to Winter Jam when the NFL playoffs were on. Yeah, that was. Oh, I was. I I had my phone out. I might have been in the bathroom a few times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was really trying to stay on top of things. So on the first drive, Mahomes did a jump pass. Uh, amazing play. He did a couple sidearm throws. Um, and he also had another completion where he got hit as soon as he threw the ball, but he threw the ball with zip. I mean, exceptional zip, even despite falling to the ground and then threw a touchdown to Kelsey. That first drive, my initial feelings were, okay, Mahomes is, he's locked in. He dominated the Jaguars earlier in the year and it looked like it was going to happen again. And then the Jaguars cheap shotted him and his, uh, ankle, um, and intentionally, intentionally hurt him, um, so they could have a chance to to beat the Chiefs, which they almost did. Jaguars blew this game. They should have won uh, after Mahomes got hobbled. But a heroic performance by Mahomes. He was incredible. And then Travis Kelsey as well. I, I, mean, I don't understand. Okay, let me just rant a little bit here. The Chiefs wide receivers are mid. They're mid at best. They're not that good. Okay, There's I think no- that might be high praise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not that good. <laughs> I don't understand how the, the Jaguars did it just say – Mahomes, Chad Henney, whoever, you're not throwing to Travis Kelsey. Like, you're not throwing to him at all. And the fact that he got 14 receptions just shows the Jaguars were not interested in just eliminating Travis Kelsey as an option. Because Mahomes, when he came back in, he couldn't scramble at all. He had a couple of plays removed in the pocket, but he couldn't get outside the pocket. And he was limited in what he could do. He was on one good ankle, right? And the Jaguars refused to take away Kelsey. And then on offense, they made plenty of mistakes. They... Kirk dropped a beautiful 60-yard pass from Lawrence. Uh, Agnew fumbled five yards away from the end zone. Look, Trevor Lawrence threw off his back foot and threw a pick. Uh, so many mistakes. They didn't go for it on fourth down in the red zone near the end of the first half. They settled for a field goal, and everyone was saying, oh, they're playing Chad Henney. It doesn't matter. Who cares who you're playing at quarterback? Go for a touchdown. They had two timeouts, too, as well. They had plenty of time. Uh, I thought it was a terrible decision by Peterson, who allegedly is this brave coach who always goes for it on fourth down. Uh, I thought the Jags blew it after Mahomes got hurt. I, they should have won the game. Yeah, and I mean to to say, oh, we're playing, we're playing Chad Henney. We're not. We don't need to get as many points on the board as possible. Is almost a loser mentality. It's a loser mentality. One hundred percent. And they didn't know if they were only playing Chad Henney. Mahomes came back. It's not like, it's not like. I mean, Mahomes elevates them to an exceptional level, but it's not like their defense hasn't been mm-hmm. one of the best defenses we've seen from the Chiefs in recent years. Yeah. Especially the second half, they've been a lot better. Yeah, I mean, you just cannot have, and it's all it says something to your team. It absolutely does. I mean, I know that sounds cliche, but you have to, you have to, you only get so many opportunities in, fo- in modern football. Yeah, exactly. And so each drive is a opportunity. You only get a few. It's not like yeah. you get unlimited drives during the game. You get a certain amount of drives, and if you don't capitalize on them, you're it's going to run out. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's what happened to the Jaguars. And the NFL, there's no guarantee from year to year you'll be good. There's no guarantee. So the Jaguars had a nice season, win the division, come back against the Chargers, and everyone thinks, oh, they're just going to get better. You don't know that. Nobody knows yep. that. Nobody can say the Jaguars are going to be better next year, that they're going to be in these kind of games again. You can't say that. You know, No team can say that unless you have like an elite quarterback like Mahomes and they stay healthy. So Jags blew it. They should have won the game, but they didn't. Do you think if Mahomes had been healthy that whole game, are we looking at – so the, I don't think bigger point it's, it, it's definitely a bigger point differential, but the Chiefs don't typically blow teams out. That's not what they do. They 
still have a lot of self-inflicted wounds they commit. Their special teams is below average at best, especially their return uh, kickoff return defense. Uh, not that good. So the game probably still would have been maybe like 10-point game, but it wouldn't have been as close. Um, because, again, the Jaguars, again, they should have won the game. They had killer turnovers at, like, the wrong times. So, yeah. I thought it would have been a yeah, bigger deficit. Um, uh, you have any thoughts on the game outside what we just said? I mean, speaking of the turnovers, the week before mm. – they were 0-5 in the turnover department, right. and they still somehow won a game. Yeah. That doesn't happen twice. I mean, exactly. You can't, you can't make those mistakes and expect to, to win. To you're, not, you're not playing Brandon Staley, you know, this week. You're playing Andy Reid. Yeah, and, and what happened with the Chargers-Jaguars game, I think it's safe to say a whole lot of that was more about the Chargers. Than the Jaguars. The, 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 more just about the Chargers, their their team, just the way they operate. Yeah, I would say it's, <laughs> yeah. just everything about them. That <laughs> we'll was get into Brandon Staley in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, what about the other game, Bills-Bengals? This one was probably the shocker of the of the weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we were all hoping that would be a big-time shootout. Yeah. Um, but what we saw was the Bengals' defense really step up in that mm-hmm. game. And I don't think it was all about the weather. I don't think it no. was just – the Bills didn't show up whatsoever. I think it was the Bengals came in with a plan to take away almost all the deep shots, and yeah. it was the same kind of pattern we've been seeing over the last, I would say, about two seasons in the NFL where you drop the two safeties back and yeah. take away the deep shots. They did that. And some quarterbacks, like Mahomes this year, have been able to carve that up and yeah. just methodically kind of go down the field without making yeah. mistakes. What we've seen from Josh Allen is he's an exceptional quarterback. I yeah. think he's one of probably the – I would take him over – anybody except Mahomes if I'm yeah. building a dynasty. But and I'm talking I'm dynasty. talking in real life, not fantasy, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but what we see here is that when is that Josh Allen, unlike Mahomes, and I would say especially maybe Mahomes to some extent, but especially unlike Joe Burrow, what Josh Allen does is he takes a whole lot of chances. Yeah. And it does make it difficult when you're having to go that methodically and that slowly down the field. Yeah. To actually sustain drives when you have a quarterback who really just wants to take those risks when yeah. it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Beginning of the year, the Bills looked like a juggernaut, right? They were blowing teams out. And Allen was going to the quick game early in the year. He had a couple of deep shots early in the year, but a lot of it was short throws, quick throws, get it out of your hand. Um, but that changed as the year went on. He also, I mean, had the elbow injury midway through the year, which obviously affected him for the rest of the season, including this game. Uh, but yeah, what we saw against Miami for Josh Allen. Again, going for all those deep shots, holding on to the ball. He fumbles the ball a lot. He throws a lot of picks. I think he has the most turnovers of any quarterback last two seasons, like combined. Wow. Um, but he's still obviously an elite talent. The, the Bills, their, their issue is that they've drafted poorly the last four years. They don't have a lot of like, blue-chip talent, especially on defense. And their entire secondary was wiped out. I mean, obviously had injuries beginning of the year. You had the DeMar Hamlin situation. Um, so the Bills, I think they just ran out of gas at this point. And they played a superior team at this point. The Bengals are firing on all cylinders despite the O-line injuries, which we'll talk about in the AFC Championship game preview. Um, but the Bengals, they dominated from the jump. And they have a confidence about them that I personally like. People might think it's arrogant. But historically, the Bengals have been a pathetic franchise. I mean, we went to one of their games. They're, they have a terrible chant. Awful chant, the who yeah, day thing. It's embarrassing, honestly. And yeah. yeah, let me just say, I love, I do like the Bengals a lot. Um, they were the first NFL game I went to was a Bengals game, so yeah. I'm kind of a big Bengals homer in some ways. But yeah. 
that chant, I gotta say, is is terrible. I mean, <laughs> it's horrendous. It's not only is it a ripoff of of the Saints, but it's also <laughs> he's a Saints fan. It's yeah. also, and I do like the Saints as well. I love, love how I get in that. But, <laughs> but uh. But it's just so cringe. I mean, you're at the game and you're just trying Hooray, to... Hooray. Yeah, that yeah, no, man. It's almost as cringe as the Burger King commercial. So let's yeah. just leave it at that. And one last thing on that, Bill's Bengals, though, I will say one of your best takes. You have very few good takes. Right? <laughs> you said that Joe Burrow would get a Super Bowl, like before he started a game in the NFL, would get a Super Bowl in his first five years, I think. Went to the Super Bowl last year in a position to go again. So that was a good take by you. I do, and I think a lot of that had to do with bringing him Jamar Chase, which For sure. we've seen quarterback development really requires an elite weapon like that. Yeah. But, yeah, the Bengals have been really fortunate to get to where they're at again, but not just fortunate, obviously, the team, the defense is playing. I would say since probably about week 12 or 13, mm-hmm. the Bengals have been probably the most dominant team in all of the NFL. Outside of the Texans, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and Lovey Smith really got dominated that last week. Uh, That's true. Great win. <laughs> and the Colts, you could argue they've been. Uh, don't talk about the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. That's my favorite team. Screw them. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're ready to get into some previews for this yeah. upcoming week. And like David mentioned earlier, we got probably the best divisional round you could ask for. I mean, for we were talking earlier. There's been five teams this season who have been clearly above the rest. Yeah. The Eagles, 49ers, Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Bills didn't make it, but you can only have four, and we have all four of those that are yeah. remaining. So great, it's a fantastic group of teams. It's be a great and, weekend. Yeah. I mean, I could see any of these teams being a legitimate Super Bowl champion. Yeah. And I, and I don't think there's any matchup, like potential matchup, that would be boring, right? Right. I, I think last year was – last year's playoffs were incredible, but – Based on the championship games, you could have like the Bengals Rams Super Bowl was a little lame to me because of the Rams. I was not a big Rams guy, uh, but even if the 49ers had beaten the Rams, you would have Jimmy Garoppolo with a messed up shoulder against a young Cincinnati team who was not nearly as good as they are this year. So, I think this year you have four teams that are very refined and um, established in who they are uh, and potential to be dominant. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pumped for this weekend. Yeah, and the quarterbacks. I mean, we're talking about potentially the four best quarterbacks in the NFL right here. I mean, we got. Oh, come on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you're already starting that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I guess we should start then with Eagles. Okay, well, 49ers. maybe we shouldn't jump to conclusions about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Right, yeah, no. I guess we should start with Eagles 49ers then, because obviously that's a, a joke to even think that any of these two guys are the, the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, yeah, where do you want to start with Eagles 49ers? Well, I think this game, I mean, we're talking about, I think we could probably say the two best front offices right now in the oh, NFL. I mean, we just need to give credit to what what the GM. Howie Roseman and teams. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, obviously, is involved. But, uh, yeah, I mean, more superstars in this game than the other one. I mean, so every side of the ball, every both side, position, if you include both sides. so many talent, so much talent. Yeah, and, and what they're doing, they're they're showing an alternative way to be dominant. The quarterback position, obviously, it's the most important position. But I think you and I have talked about how it's a little overrated um, in the sense of like, oh, just draft a quarterback and you'll be fine. Or just get a quarterback, you'll be fine. But environment matters a lot, right? It does. And the Eagles and 49ers, what they've done is created an environment for quarterbacks to thrive in. 
And obviously, you know, if you have a great quarterback, the teams will perform better. If you have a quarterback's not good, they'll perform a little worse. But the fact that the Eagles have Jalen Hurts as their quarterback and they're the one seed, 14-3, and um, Jalen Hurts not a bad quarterback at all, but his first two seasons, not not really good. This year they get him some weapons, and you see him flourish. You know, he was an MVP candidate until he got hurt. And then the 49ers, they lose Trey Lance at the beginning of the year. Uh, they get J- Jimmy Garoppolo, he gets hurt. And then Brock Purdy, last pick, he's thriving with this team, even though, you know, he, he might lack physical t- talent, <laughs> obviously. I mean, he's a tiny quarterback. So these two teams are showing that there's another way to be dominant in the NFL. It's not just quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's let's help our quarterback succeed and let's hone in on positions that have high value as well other than quarterback. Yeah, and if you – I mean, if you go back and look at the draft, we were talking about the GMs. If you look at the draft history of these two teams yeah. – and I think this differs starkly from, I mean, I'll just say at least from the Chiefs of yeah. these four teams left. We're looking at every pick they've made in high rounds for the most part has been valuable positions yeah. and has and has mostly been quality players. I mean, yeah. even when you look at like trading up and getting Brandon Ayuk, yeah. sure, he hasn't been like the number one receiver in the NFL or one yeah. of these like Jefferson Chase type of guys, but he has been really fantastic for yes. his role. and. I think he's exactly. been one of the most impressive players this season at yeah. the wide receiver position. Yeah, and sticking on wide receivers, like the aggressiveness these teams have to getting good receivers. Eagles, draft Devontae yeah, Smith. absolutely. Always gets open. Just He's tiny, but he always gets open. And then they trade for A.J. Brown. To me, get a steal on that because you don't pay him. They pay him a lot of money, obviously, but he's an elite wide receiver. And for both teams, the wide receivers, not only do they are the exceptional route running, catch the ball yards after catch, but they block and they help in the running game, which I think, again, both these teams running, you know, I think you and I differ on the value of a running back, but we can both <laughs> say the running game is still important for a team's success and their receivers play into that. I think there's two very similar teams, honestly. Uh, I do too. And I know a lot of people, I've seen a whole lot of talk already on Twitter about this is going to be a defensive battle. This is going to be the front <laughs> And everyone's everyone's super excited about how is the 49ers front seven going to do against yeah against the Eagles superior I mean amazing offensive line and yeah. all their weapons, but I think this could be a game where we really see the star talent on the offensive side of the ball emerge yeah. and we get a really fun yeah just fantastic NFC yeah. championship. I mean that's what yeah. I think that's what we're all cheering for. But if we can get some points on the board early, yeah. this could come into a just a phenomenal game. Well it's it's all about the offensive lines. Again, we have two teams with great offensive lines, elite offensive line talent. And if they can withstand the defensive line play that they're about to experience, then I agree with you that there's gonna be a lot of points on the board. Um I, I think my, my concern, okay, we're talking about just teams, my concern for San Francisco, okay, just starting out is Brock Purdy, okay? I know everyone's been saying at some point he's going to have a bad game, and I think he was not that great against Dallas. No, not, they not, didn't look impressive and, at all. And not to say he was terrible. There was a couple of dropped interceptions. Dallas, you know, we, we don't need to talk about the Cowboys. It's <laughs> always the same thing with them. But I think, and he was, like I said, he wasn't terrible. Had a couple of good throws. I thought the throw to Kittle, the one where he bobbled, I mean, not a perfect throw, but that was like the fourth read. Not even the fourth read. I don't even think that was a read in that play. And that was a good throw across uh, across the field hitting Kittle in stride so Purdy had really good moments he had another like third and 15 throw that was really impressive early on his um, throw to Ayuk earlier in the game yeah he hit Ayuk I mean Ayuk ran a perfect yeah. route yeah. looked just like an out and then he turned around at the end and the ball yeah. was right there yeah but, but my my issue with Purdy um 
again, lack of physical tools that he has going on the road in this kind of environment against that kind of team. And he's not been the driving – like he's been really good. The 49ers have been awesome with him. But I, and I think you could say this about the Eagles too. To me, the winner of this game is the team that can turn the other team into a high-volume throwing team. Because both these teams mm. want to run and then throw efficiently, right? Jalen Hurts is not throwing 50 times a game. Brock Purdy's not throwing 50 times a game. So really it's about, okay, can the Eagles turn Brock Purdy into a quarterback who has to throw and has to win the game? Um, and I think there's a chance that happens. Obviously they have McCaffrey. And and then you know the 49ers will have to get creative you know, with getting McCaffrey the ball in his hand, getting Debo. Both can catch and run. So that might help Purdy out and not make him throw as much. But I'm I'm concerned about Brock Purdy in this game, in this environment, being turned into a, a player who has to win the game. Um, I feel a lot more confident that Hurts could do that as opposed to Purdy. That's fair. And I'm also going to be interested to see what happens with the 49ers. We've talked about mm-hmm. in previous weeks, me and you have just talked off the record about <laughs> off the record <laughs> yeah yeah don't say it <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i'm about to reveal a big secret. No. no what we've talked about is that or what i was saying before the playoffs started was the 49ers pass defense and especially their wide, their <laughs> their wide receiver defense. <laughs> yeah that is that is very suspect indeed yeah. I mean, you're right, we, you're right. But we see what happened with DK Metcalf. We see what happened with CD Lamb. Yeah, absolutely. Great game. Great I game. mean, he he's breaking out into a superstar, an absolute superstar. Yeah. And the 49ers are not clamping down on that. Yeah. And now they're going up against AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. I mean, I think yeah. for the 49ers to win this game, they are going to have to score 35 points. Yeah. I mean, I think that yeah. is where they're at. And and, and even mentioning the the wide receiver defense of the 49ers. You look at the Seahawks, like Lockett's a good receiver, but he's past his prime. If DK is the, the sole guy. Lockett's then, really good at falling down before yeah, he gets oh, yeah, touched. Yeah, which is a smart business decision. <laughs> That's and right. then you look at the Cowboys, they have CeeDee Lamb, an elite receiver, but outside of him, who do they have, right? I mean, cut no. Dalton Schultz before oh, he, my. on the flight home. Oh, line. my. <laughs> I think you should be allowed to be arrested for things that you do in a game. Dalton Schultz, those – like we were watching the game together – those two plays he did on the final drive, everyone's making fun of that last play that the Cowboys did. I'm like, hold up, time out. That, that's a desperation play, right? The chance of succeeding at that moment are slim. But Dalton Schultz not going forward out of bounds and then not dragging his second, uh, his first toe, inexcusable. He should be arrested for – I'm saying Dalton Schultz, you should be arrested. Turn yourself in right <laughs> now. Justice must be served. But anyway uh, – <laughs> What my point is, okay, they're, they're going against two teams with one elite receiver, not a second threat that you like worry about. But you know, you have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and then Goddard as well. You know, um, and then Eagles have two running backs that can run really well, and then Hertz can also run. I think there's just too many threats that Philly uh, imposes for San Francisco. A great defense, but their wide receiver defense, I think, will be a challenge pretty aggressively and something i'm also concerned about san francisco is like i said earlier i think for them to win this game they're going to need to score a bunch of points yeah this is i don't think this is going to be if this is a low scoring game i think the eagles win pretty by like at least seven points but for the 49ers to win they're going to have to put up points and you can't do that with field goals on fourth and one. You cannot no, do that no. by playing conservative. And I yes. swear, I'm gonna be, oh, they will, I can know already they'll do see, it. You know they'll do it. You know it's going to happen. I can already see myself on the couch <laughs> just saying, please, 
please, Kyle, please do me a solid here. And he's he's just going to turn his back around and send that kicker out there. I mean, we get it. Robbie Gold is reliable. Greatest playoff so kicker ever, probably. I mean, we love – maybe Justin Tucker is yeah. worse uh, than yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, that's a hot take. But, uh, <laughs> but that was – we yeah we can't be having that we can't be having that from Kyle he gotta get together with somebody aggressive here and and come up with some points yeah I the Eagles have this unstoppable weapon when it's third and one fourth and one you know they're gonna get it on a, a QB sneak that's right because right? Hertz is I mean he's he's not tall but he's big he's really uh, thick as you can see <laughs> that's right <laughs> and. But what, so one thing they did against the Giants though that was really interesting was it was I think it was the third and one, and they went to the formation that where they looked like it was going to be a QB sneak, but then they did a pitch and then they got a huge gain on the left side. So the Eagles like in short yardage situations to me just they can do whatever they want, and they have a coach who I mean he I don't know if you heard some of the mic'd up moments uh, during the game I, I did but, not hear but that. he. He he was like near the like you know how the coaches go down the sideline when their their team is near the end zone or whatever yeah he's like I think he said to the ref I know what I'm doing I could be the down here I know what the f I'm doing <laughs> he's just so aggressive and brash and again fits the team yes. perfectly and he, he fits the city of Philadelphia exactly. perfectly and I mean I've me, never this, seen this a more team, Philadelphia person yeah this team is to me I know you I think you disagreed with me on this um, and it just shows your ignorance but <laughs> I'm they remind me of the 2017 Eagles team a lot. I think this team is better than that team, but in yes. terms of um, their their roster, the their roster management, the the areas of focus, they're co- having a quarterback who's maybe not that great, but has a lot of good weapons around them. Um, run heavy, depth at running back, great offensive line, defensive line, all that stuff. I think that this Eagles team is a lot like the 2017 team and better. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think there can be any doubt about that. So, I mean. Especially with what that Eagles team, I mean, I, I, I don't it's know a, how to explain it. it. It's, a, it's <laughs> I, I, another person who should sit, uh, go to the cops and just, uh, what's the term for people who put themselves, whatever, just Bill Belichick losing to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, a, a disgrace, just an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Like, turn yourself in, right, with Dalton Schultz. Go, both of you go to the <laughs> police station right now and get arrested, please. Golly. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think it's incredibly obvious. I think Philly is winning the game. I and I'm very confident with that pick. I I cannot envision a scenario where San Francisco wins this game at all. I I'm serious. I don't see how they win. <laughs> you're, you're looking at me completely shocked, <laughs> David. I'm picking the 49ers to win this what? game. Really? Listen, so let me explain my reasoning for this. The 49ers, like I've said, for them to win the game, they're going to have to score points. They're going to have to not make stupid decisions, which Shanahan does in the playoffs. I understand. All the time. All the I time. Know, I know. Like, time. I understand the deck is stacked against against my this pick here. But I would like to look at what, what's happening in Vegas right now. <laughs> so, Oh, are you, okay. You're going to break down Vegas. That's fine. What's happening right now in Vegas is the line opened at, I believe, about Eagles by two. And the line has barely moved. It's now Eagles by two and a half. We know there's a huge difference between two and a half and three. That's a in Vegas. That's a massive point differential. Line has not hit three yet, except at a few books, but it's still at two and a half. Okay. And almost all the money is coming in on well, not all of it, but like about sixty-five to seventy percent of the money right now in Vegas is coming on that point spread is coming in on the Eagles to cover. Okay. So everyone's betting on the Eagles to cover. 
What this means is there is a trap. Do not do not bet the Eagles to cover the two and a half. I'm not saying the 49ers might win outright. I think the Eagles you just could said win that. by Well, I, I am. Okay. You know what? Just stick with your convictions. You know what? I'm I'm calling the 49ers to win this game because I don't think we should just look at what they did against the Cowboys. That was an embarrassing performance. I I agree. I I agree with that. But what they've done all season is show like we talked about earlier, you don't have to have the elite quarterback for them to win. You just need decent quarterback play. And we go back to what you said about how you, you're you predicting that the team that wins this game is going to be the team that doesn't be forced to pass the whole game. I think the 49ers can run the ball on the Eagles. And I think this is it's the game true, true. This is the game where it's gonna where the Christian McCaffrey trade is going to be worth it. I, yeah. I, I have believed in that trade since the beginning. Yeah. Everyone said it was stupid to trade for running back. But when you have a weapon like that who you can use as a wide receiver, put him in the slot, and then bring him back, with all the flexibility that that gives you, I think, is about to be unleashed on the Eagles. Yeah. And the city of Philadelphia is not going to see it coming. <laughs> but you, you heard the it entire city. I mean, well, I you bring up a great point. Eagles' weakness is their run defense. Teams can run on them. And last week, Barkley had success running. I think he had nine carries for sixty-one yards. The Giants Which just, is shocking. The, but he the didn't Gi- get more. The Giants just didn't have enough plays in the game, and they fell down behind so like so quickly. They had to throw right. Right. Um. So I, I'm I'm totally like in agreement with you on on that aspect. The 49ers, I think they can run the ball at, at points. My my again, my concern is Purdy. My he is and I such that. a concern for me because I think statistically, if you look at his stats, you would say he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yes, but. Stats can be deceiving, and I think a lot of it is the offense that he's in. Um, I'm not convinced he can perform well enough in this game uh, for for the 49ers uh, to win. Um, and I think the Eagles defensively did some very smart things against Daniel Jones, especially that I don't know if you they saw that. I don't know if you saw the interception that Jones threw, but they did. Uh, they, the Eagles did like a simulated pressure that he did not see coming, so the guy was right in his face. And then Jones threw a quick throw, but he didn't realize that the I think the safety was going to drive on that. Uh, and so he picked it up pretty easily. I think we're going to see some of that voodoo uh, magic that the Eagles can do on defense with pressures and uh, confuse uh, Purdy. Um, yeah, so I, I I love the Eagles in this game. I think they win by at least seven points. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, I respect it. And I will say when I look at the thing that gives, makes me nervous about picking the 49ers, very nervous, mm-hmm. is A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are probably in the top three wide receiver duos in the whole league. Yeah. So, and I think they're going to score. Like I said, I think this game is going to be a shootout. I'm hoping it'll be a shootout. So I'm just going to predict it. Maybe <laughs> yeah. let's go. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope like just for the record, I hate the Eagles with a burning passion. I, I want them to lose and I want the, the stadium to burn down. <laughs> All of our love- Eagles listeners just <laughs> left. <laughs> San Francisco listeners, get ready for this. I love the 49ers. Once I'm done being a Colts fan, I'm on the 49ers bandwagon. Uh, I just and I would love to see them in the Super Bowl. I just think that the Eagles are better and will win and more aggressive too. Shanahan will blow it. All right. Well, we we disagree on that one, but yeah. that's good for the content. That's I guess. good. Yeah, that's good for the we content. did it intentionally. We planned it we, beforehand. No, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we plotted. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we didn't talk about our picks beforehand. So this is yeah, all. This we're is, just learning yeah. on the spot who yeah. we think is going to win. Yeah. I wonder if we disagree on this next game as well. We'll yeah, have to, we'll we'll have to get to it. All right, Bengals Chiefs. Uh, do you want to start with what's yes. what's big here? Let, and I think this is the narrative you're hearing everywhere yeah. is the Bengals own the Chiefs, and I yeah. just want to immediately say that is ridiculous 
<laughs> I don't think the Bengals own the Chiefs whatsoever. If you look at these games, all close. They've all been close, yeah. and they've all had things that were kind of abnormal happen. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from the Bengals wins. Yeah. They won those games very fairly. But when Jamar Chase has one of the greatest games in wide receiver history for 270 yards, I mean, and you like, barely win the game. Yeah. You should have won that game by 14 points. That performance, so you're talking about the regular season I'm game I'm talking last about year. the one last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first That one. was, I mean, you could say that that's one of the best performances a player's ever had, period. Regardless Absolutely. Of position. Uh, he had two touchdowns that were just out of this world. The one where he caught it short, then juked basically the entire defense, and then just ran yeah, it in. it was and historic. The, and then the second one where he basically caught it on the sideline of the end zone and did like a 180 spin and caught it. Those plays just don't happen. What well, Jamar Chase makes those plays. But I, I agree with you, and that, that game was just a historic wide receiver performance that normally a team would dominate in. Yep, and then next... you and The AFC Championship game. That game was... Both but, of the two regular season ones were at the Bengals, I believe. I think um, so, I think so. Yeah, yeah. and so the one the one this year was... What, that, that so the was AFC the game. game was in Kansas City, and then I, be, I believe the one right That's right. Was, it was in so Cincinnati. So one of them went to overtime. And, and the AFC title game last year, and which, the Chiefs, which the Chiefs shot the blew ball. it. The they, Chiefs yeah, blew the home through pick. I mean, that was a complete meltdown was, there. Well, in that game, the, and also what happened yeah. before that halftime? Yeah, exactly. I mean, first of all, Mahomes in the first half of that game was dicing them up. Was I mean, as good a half as you can have. Then they, it's twenty-one ten. They get to the goal line. I agree with them to go for a touchdown with like four seconds yes. left, whatever it was. But the play was bad. Got tackled in bounds. And I know people act like that play then lingered into the second half for some reason like the Chiefs forgot how to play football ridiculous it was just a bad play and then Mahomes in the second half of that game was awful he was terrible um yeah and for a lot of reasons he had struggles last year he just didn't understand how to check the ball down like when the Bengals dropped eight in coverage and then he just didn't know how to handle that he didn't know how to take the short throw he wanted to win the game on one play so I think last year was the Chiefs immaturity um and then also just them blowing the game um and then this year was a was a good back and forth contest. Uh, the Kelsey, right. Kelsey fumble, the Kelsey fumble was huge. I mean, I think Chiefs probably iced that game with that drive if he doesn't. And fumble. if and that Kelsey fumble, as I recall, that resulted in a long drive or not super long drive, but it ended in a touchdown yeah. for the Bengals. And then the Bengals, their next possession, were able to just run up the clock. Yeah, it converted like a third and long on a great throw from Burrow. So yeah, they were just able to run up the clock. Three close games. I mean, it could have gone either way. I agree. The Bengals don't own the Chiefs. I think that's a false narrative. That's just playing the results and not yeah. analyzing the games. Another thing that I don't like is people are saying the Bengals just dominate the Bills. So they're so that means they're so good. And people are completely forgetting that the if Tyler Huntley doesn't fumble the goal the ball at the goal line, the, the Bengals aren't even there. Exactly. The, ex- exactly. And we have to stress the bit, like the bills, very good team. Absolutely. I think, I think people are underrating how injured they are, how injured Allen has been, how flawed they are as a team. There um, might be some coaching issues, which we'll have to get to in the off season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, but, on the bills, potentially. But. So don't get, don't get it twisted. The Bengals, I, I love their swagger. Yes. And I love that. So here's an interesting thing about the Bengals. Like last year, they the way they played on offense, it really was like Burrow just launching it to Jamar Chase a lot. Like his average depth of target, I think, was top in the league last year. I could be wrong on that. This year, Burrow has kind of shifted his game a little bit, a lot quicker to throw the ball. He's been sacked less as the year has gone on. The beginning of the year, it was a struggle. But I think he's matured a lot in getting rid of the ball, not taking as many sacks. Um, and I do think it could be deceiving their offensive line performance last week because the weather, I think, did play in it, have an impact on line of scrimmage. And the Bills' defensive line is not dominant, especially without Von Miller. 
So I think people are thinking like, oh, the Bengals offensive line is totally fine, even though they have all these starters out. Um, and they, they, they kind of just, I think with, I agree with you on a lot of these things where, okay, Bengals own the Chiefs. Bengals offensive line, you know, oh, it was great last week. It'll just be great this week. And, oh, they dominated the Bills. And so, therefore, this is going to happen. I agree that there's going to be, there's a lot of, I think, misconceptions about what this game could be based on some things that have happened. Yeah. And then the other thing that is not a misconception at all is some legitimate concern about Mahomes' injury. A hundred percent. That's the key in this game, right? Yeah. So, Mahomes led the league this year and throws outside of the pocket. And if he has a high, like, I listened to a Kansas City Chiefs podcast called Times Ours. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to that podcast. And the guy for The Athletic, Nate Taylor, said at the press conference after the game that Mahomes walked in, no limp, no grimace on his face, wearing his shoes. Now, who knows what kind of drugs he was on at that point, right? Like, who knows what they <laughs> I'm shot? I'm surprised he did the interview. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm like, who, who knows, honestly, like, if how hurt Mahomes is. It's a high ankle sprain. Those take six to eight weeks to recover. He Mahomes looked rough, like physically rough in the game. He played great. But the ankle is a legitimate concern. We can't, you know, discount that. And it's amazing that the Bengals have played three straight teams with injured starting quarterbacks, if you think about it, in the playoffs. No Lamar, Josh Allen with the elbow problem that ch- that changes mechanics. Um, and then now Mahomes with his high ankle sprain. But I don't think we'll know much about Mahomes throughout the week. I think the Chiefs will be pretty tight-lipped on it. Yeah. And we'll just have to wait and see, which makes it hard to predict this game. From In it my is. opinion, it makes it super hard to predict this game. So there, I, there have been analysts who have been saying, I've seen this going around. I've seen two hot takes going around on Twitter mm. this week. So the, I guess these are the hot takes yeah. of the week. Yeah. One of them is that somebody was saying Mahomes, or several people were saying Mahomes, injured Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league by a <laughs> no, wide margin. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> we look, we both love Mahomes. If anyone, if anyone says Burrow is better than Mahomes, just please reevaluate. Well, that was my second. That was the second hot take I was going to tell you. The people are saying it's, it's, Burrow is better than Mahomes. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's not even close. It's not even a debate. <laughs> if you want to say Burrow versus Allen, I'm I'm all for that debate. Please stop comparing Joe Burrow to Patrick Mahomes. It's not it's not the same. Not imagine if Mahomes. I mean, we could imagine Mahomes with Jamar Chase. We actually can't imagine it. He had Tyreek Hill. We saw what he did with Tyreek Hill. Uh, that's not even a question. But no, Mahomes on one good ankle is not the best quarterback in the league. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think another thing we need to look at is outside of the quarterbacks, right? Because the quarterbacks are important. We don't want to say we're going to ignore the quarterbacks. Yeah. But outside of the quarterbacks and this and Mahomes' health and all of that, what is happening everywhere else in terms of do- comparing these two teams? No. The Chiefs' defense this year has been remarkable, especially what they've been doing with getting pressure from Chris Jones, with dialing up blitz. I mean, they're a blitz-heavy team. That's what they did last week against the Jacks. They just blitzed like crazy. And then Chris Jones, my defensive player of the year pick. The, again, the Bengals didn't play a Chris Jones last week. They just didn't. And I and I know the narrative Chris Jones doesn't have a playoff sack. He's a game wrecker. He's a total game wrecker. It's not about sacks. It's more about pressure. It's about I mean, pressures. It's about drawing double teams to open up other pass rushers. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So this is a game. I think we should, I should just mention what's happening in Vegas to, to go my friend. The, David there you go. the line for this game has shifted dramatically. It opened yes. at chiefs by one point chiefs minus one, but it has swung to now the chiefs are plus two and the Bengals are now favored by two yeah. points as of now. And it, it's still it could, swinging. It, it could, could it swing could even keep, more continue to swing. I will also say, I've seen reported that 80% of all the money on that spread is coming out of the Bengals. Okay. So is that 
Is that mean that you're <laughs> leaning Chiefs? I'm I am leaning Chiefs, and I'm going to yeah. pick the Chiefs to win this game outright. Yeah. But it's not it's not because of just the spread. I'm I'm confident in the Chiefs as a team mm-hmm. more than I am in the and yes, the Bengals have played yeah. fantastic, but the Chiefs get a home game, mm-hmm. and I think Andy Reid is such a good coach, and we well we saw this. Henny comes in the game, and the Chiefs don't just become a terrible offense. They continue to make things happen with. And yeah. if you think about it, Kelsey is out. I mean, he showed that he might be the best player, the best talent level player yeah. of of the waters. And by that, I mean wide receivers, running backs, tight ends yeah. in the NFL. But outside of him, the and they have a great offensive line. But their they receivers, do. like we talked about, horrible. The running backs, yeah. horrible. Yeah. I mean, compared to other teams. Yeah. And for them to keep being able to move the ball with Henny yeah. shows how good of a coach Andy Reid is, I believe, right. even yeah. on the spot. And I think give him a week to prepare for Mahomes with limited mobility, he's going to be able to get them in position yeah. to be ready for that lack of mobility, to be able to use slants, use screens, yeah. use different pressure looks yeah. to confuse the Bengals' defense. And I think, I think the Chiefs are just being undervalued right now, to be honest. I, I hear you. Uh, and I, again, we agree on a lot of things. We, we, like busting these narratives coming into this game. Um, however, I'm going to pick the Bengals. Oh, and, and the, and the another re- disagreement. Well, and and here's the reason. I I would feel a lot better about the Chiefs if I knew more things about Mahomes' ankle. Okay, fair. So again, mentioning the stat that Mahomes led the NFL in out of pocket throws, right? I doubt he's going to be able to do that kind of those kind of things in this game. I, I doubt he's going to be able to be as creative. That's what makes him special. You know, Allen is the guy who launches the deep ball, right? Herbert does the deep ball stuff. Mahomes can do the deep ball as well. But really what makes him special is his ability to move around and then any receiver at any point in the field is a target because of how he can you know, angle his arm. And he's a great pocket passer, don't get me wrong. But my issue with the Chiefs is their lack of wide receiver talent and him not being Mahomes not being able to roll out and find them in kind of like these impromptu plays. The Bengals, again, if they don't just bracket Travis Kelsey the whole game, I don't understand what defenses are doing. Like letting this guy just roam like a one on one. I know the last week against the Jags, the Chiefs were creative. Like Kelsey would start out off as a blocker and then he would let the person he's blocking go and then he would just turn around and be wide open. Like the, I get some of those plays fooling defenses, but at a certain point, a defense has to realize. Hey, all these receivers, they're not that good. We can cover them one-on-one. Let's just bracket Kelsey, like eliminate him from the game. Um, and I, I look, and I know the Bengals' offensive line is still a question against Chris Jones, but we've seen Burrow be successful behind bad offensive line play. We've, we've seen him do it before. Jamar Chase is healthy. T. Higgins is healthy. Hayden Hurst is playing well at tight end. Oh, there's my wife who hates this podcast. She just walked in. Oh, my goodness. We're caught. Oh, no. Oh, no. The podcast is about to be canceled. We're almost done. We're almost done, honey. We're almost done. Um. Anyway, I, sh- I don't even know if I should say my takes in front of my wife. <laughs> okay. So, just I think ultimately, again, the, I don't think the Bengals own the Chiefs. I don't think they own them. I think they win this game, and it's mainly because of Mahomes, is, is health. Uh, and again, if he gets hurt, even if he gets tackled wrong, that the ankle could get aggravated. And if Chad Henney's in this game, the game is over. So I like the Bengals in this game, and so we disagree on both games. Classic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did it for the listeners. Yeah. All of our <laughs> listeners, all of our fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right, thousands. <laughs> and they're telling, they're telling us. 
that we need to do this podcast, despite what our wives say. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if our wives hate this podcast. We love football. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, I got I got Philly and Cincinnati. You got San Francisco and Kansas City. I do. And San Francisco and Kansas City would actually be a rematch, be a rematch. of the Super Bowl from a few years ago. So. Yeah. So, and again, I, I'm, I'm less confident about my Bengals pick because of the unknown about my homes. Um, I'm very confident about my Philly pick. And, in fact, I'm willing to bet – I would let you punch me in the face if uh, oh, wow. if, if Philly There's loses no the game. way. No, I'm not. You gonna don't know what you're getting into, Davis. <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, we need. We do need to do. We let's do like a good bet here. But yeah, like something, something that I'll, t- I'll take the 49ers, You take the Eagles. Yeah, and I, then I, I don't know what our I don't know what our bet. Can we be. agree to something here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But um, anything else you wanna? Add? So you're you're firm on Chiefs. You're, you said you're firm on. I'm them? firm on Chiefs. Yeah. In terms of what we think will happen in these games, I don't know what's going to happen, Bengals, Chiefs. It's always a weird game with them. It's all so th- all weird. Th- all three of them. And, I mean, we I could see it being, like, super low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't that, know. Another thing, I mean, another thing with the Bengals, too, they run the ball well against the Chiefs. I think they have too many options right now. And the Chiefs, again, they don't dominate teams. They're, they're not a dominant team. They, they can score a lot of points, but their defense, while it has improved, Still not an elite unit. Spe- their special teams again below average um, this season. Uh, if again, if Mahomes was healthy, I would pick the Chiefs. That's how that's how good I think he is and how impactful he is on the game. Um, but regardless of who wins, again, we have a great weekend ahead oh, of yeah. us. Oh yeah, and I think we need a one more thing about the Bengals. The run game is going to be important, and so I think we really need to be watching. The star Bengals running back Samaje P. Ryan in this game <laughs> <laughs> because we know Joe Mixon's crap. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I saw a stat that P. Ryan didn't have a good season overall, <laughs> but against the Chiefs, he had like a high percentage of his total yardage for the year because they can't stop him for some reason. That's they, right. They're do the AFC P. Ryan down. might be the might be the player of the week. Yeah, yeah, we come back and <laughs> honestly, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 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 what I got. All right. Well, I'm excited, David. Yeah. Um, we'll be watching one at least one of these games together, and then uh, Bengals Chiefs game we'll watch together. Yep, yeah. Bengals Chiefs, and we'll get back to you next week to uh, to talk about that Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. It's gonna be good. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be great. I'll have, have everyone know that when he sent me his playoff predictions at the start, he had Bengals Eagles in the Super Bowl. So what he's doing here, Bengals Dan- Eagles in the yeah, Super Bowl. But what Daniel's doing and what he always does is he makes one set of predictions <laughs> no. on one side, and then no, as the playoffs go on, he changes me. all of them. Don't but that way, me. when he's wrong, he can say, "Well, actually, I picked them at the beginning of the playoffs." So just know that I'm okay with being wrong. I'm okay with being wrong, and I- I'm totally cool with it. Uh, Daniel is a shady individual and is trying to rig no. his picks. No, no rigging here. All I did was I listen when you when you get presented with new evidence, you have to adapt. You have to evolve, and you have to be smart. And this is what I've done. Okay, but here's as an informed did. individual. But here's what you did when I called you out on it. When you ch- switched your Eagles pick to the Giants pick. What you did was you said, well, actually, I picked the Eagles initially. So the, the, <laughs> no. the, you literally said that. So I don't care. Well, my Giants pick was more of a uh, more of a hope. That's all I'll say about that. All right. Well, I think that'll that'll wrap us up. Yep, that'll wrap us up. So remember, the website is NFLPod.com, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. And our our wives hate this podcast. <laughs> they do.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Our Wives Hate This NFL Podcast. Learn more at NFLpod.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NFL Husbands. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, unless you're our wives, of course. 